podcast about nothing the podcast about nada the podcast about jack shit the podcast about dilly squat um i'm anusha and welcome to this podcast um yeah i hope you all are well um i just wanted to say that it's december and it is officially winter um I get quite reflective uh, around these times. Um, and yeah, I thought I'd do an episode that's a bit different, a bit uh, a bit more freestyle-y. Like, I've, I've, I'm liking this freestyle model that I'm doing with these episodes. Obviously, it's a podcast about nothing, so I guess that's kind of on brand. But before, I was, it'll still be about nothing, but I give myself, like, a topic. But now I'm really just kind of going for the let me just chat shit for the sake of chat and shit um so yeah let's move but before we do that uh make sure you check us out on spotify under the podcast about nothing if you see teletext and that is my podcast um last week's episode was called vision of love and it was about uh kind of manifesting or um imagining a better future um and really picturing it and how we can kind of use that as adults to like imagine things and actually sit down and take in time to just daydream and actually think about what we want in life or even just what makes us feel comfortable um so yeah check that out it's called vision of love um as you can tell i'm naming all my uh episodes after songs so you know <laughs> if you love Briar carey then this song is that episode is for you um and yeah i don't know what i'm gonna call this one just yet we'll figure out when we get there um but yeah, this episode, I am in the mood of reflecting. Um, it's 2020 and a lot of people are kind of doing, it's the end of the decade, it's the end of this, da, 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 you know, um, kind of saying like the last two or three weeks of December, you know, get the last bits done. Some people are saying, let's rest. Some people are kind of doing, this is what I looked at at the start of uh, 2010. This is what I looked at at the end of 2010. You know, like, loads of people are different, doing different things to kind of commemorate the new year, per se. And I thought I would jump on the bandwagon. bandwagon. Um, but, you know, I'm also quite a pessimistic person. So I thought, well, let me, you know, in light of that, be as pessimistic as I can and <laughs> reflect on this year and, you know, see how we are. Um, and yeah, so let's get on with it. Yeah, um, the 2019 has been the most dooziest year. It has been weird. It has been kind of, it has had its foot on my neck from January the 1st, 2019 to right at this moment. Like, I've not had a fucking break. Um... I've been distressed this whole year. <laughs> it's been weird. It's been weird. It's been weird. It's been weird. Um, I think I'm going to talk about things that have just pissed me off this year. Um, because this year has really pissed me off. Um, 
And yeah, and I think the first thing to talk about, which is something that is coming up this week, is politics. What day is it today? It is the 8th, so four days. Uh, well, tomorrow will be the 9th, so yeah. So three or four days until the election. And I am... 2019 has really taught me the meaning of performance activism and or there's another word uh, that people use it's called virtual signaling I think that's the word correct me if I'm wrong it's taught me that word to the nth degree there's been so much that like politics has been uh, in everyone's uh, talking point for a while especially since like 2016 because you know that happened um but also, this year's kind of people have really learned the language, learned the lingo, and really just ran with it. And it's it's making me physically tired. Um, and I'm talking about just all realms of politics and social um, topics and things like that. Um, but this election, especially in England, in Britain, um, I am seeing a lot of people anxiety's risen and that's making me quite sad because like I said conservatives are cunts politics politics idiots anyway but conservatives especially um but I think what's making me sad actually is about this year is that he's it's always like on the brink if you know what I mean like every day it's we're on the brink of something uh just drastic and uh Something, it's always always like if this happens then you know the world will end or society will never be the same um and this is where it's annoyed me because for some people society was never good in the first place <laughs> and i really want people to remind like to remember that um you know just because your reality will change depending on um who's in government for the next year or so. Like I said, I'm not saying don't be sad about it, because, of course, it is it's a shit um, society to be in. But just realise that there are some people who have never had it good, you know? And I think certain people are... That's where I go back to the virtual signal thing. They're kind of using those groups of people as props, like disabled people and uh, homeless people, to kind of be like, hey... These people have been struggling for ages under this conservative government. Now is the time for action. Now is the time for this. Did it? Did it? I'm like, wasn't the time? You know, wasn't it always the time? The time was always, you know, like, you know, then people talk about Windrush or another. Oh, Grenfell's another one. Like people say, oh, you know, the people of Grenfell are still not being given houses. I'm like, great. What are you doing about it? Like, and I'm not saying that you should be solely responsible, but I think what I'm getting frustrated is it's a talking point. It's a, it is a, what's the word? It is, I would say it's not barriers, it's not the right word. It's almost like people use black death or people use homeless people or people who, again, disabled people, people like, see people are sick, whoever, as like, kind of comparisons of of how bad the world is but it's only used of when they feel like like when they feel like it it's only you know it's only used for when you know um they want to get a point across it's never just used for the sincerity of the situation and actually i you know i would actually like to talk about x y and z you know i i think that's what really frustrates me and 
it's sad because I said this election has really shown that that it's just a performance um on all parties to be quite blunt it's just a performance some more than others you know who I'm on about um but it's a performance to kind of get people riled up but that because that's what politics is it's just it's a performance and it's tiring I think especially because you're messing with people's livelihoods like yes you can talk about uh you know like the environment per se and you could be like hey um you know there's if we don't get rid of plastic or this point at this rate then yada 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 or if we don't do this then co2 emissions will be at all-time high and people will start dying and all that kind of stuff you could have sincere conversations about that and i would not judge you in the slightest i think you got to realize that these are not just statistics people are not statistics they are people and you know or more often than not poor people are the first to die in these situations and probably will be the only ones to die um it you know i think that is really what's really frustrated me is that that's not a talking point for anybody is that uh it, it's not actually concerning about the people involved it's just concerning about the situation as a whole um and yeah so just politics is 2019 politics have been has been dreadful <laughs> um has it ever been good i couldn't tell you um but this year has just really like it's really exhausted me of the way that people and politics and just like i don't know there's just a certain level of fakery that comes with it and i just so it's not for me. That's all I can say. It's not for me. I know what I'm doing on the 12th. Um, and, yeah, that's it, really. Like, I'm just... I'm just concerned for people, if you know what I mean. I'm just concerned for the well-being of the people um, who look like me, who... and who don't look like me, and that kind of thing, you know? It's just so sad. It's so sad. And yeah, that's the state of the world. It's just, you know, I it's again, it's always been like this, but like me and my mum keep on joking and we keep on saying like, oh yeah, it's going to be like, um, it, it was a joke we had like years ago. We'd always say, oh yeah, we're on the brink of World War Three, aren't we? You know, that was always the gag. It was like, oh yeah, World War Three. <laughs> you know, that's definitely happening at some point with the way people are talking. I think especially after Donald Trump, that was almost like, oh, um, a comfort for us. But then I think this year has taught us, like, actually how sick that is um, of the fact that the idea of war essentially being a a comfort just to say that at least that will be when everything kind of implodes is so sick. And because essentially, you know, again, people die, you know, and the reality of it is, and this is what I've we've both learned over this year, is that like it tends to not be people in the West. We only really name it a world war per se if it's not people in the West, you know. Because when you get people in different countries around the world, it's like they've been at war for years, or they've been under governments that have been oppressive oppressive for months weeks however long you know and it's just like for us it's just not even a talking point 
again talking about talking points oh word of today um or it's not even a something that we talk about or think about because essentially like i said it's those countries we're in the west we're safe we're fine um and that's what our privilege lies in and like, it's just oh like i don't know there's we've been oh not we but governments and just political parties in general have been terrorizing people who are not western for so long and it's really sad like we talk about like uganda um and this apparent anti-gay law that they're trying to i'm not too sure if they have brought it in or they are trying to bring it in that don't quote me on but what i do know is that this has been influenced by uh, a company in america i believe and obviously they have been um under you know british ruling and that was how we introduced these type of anti-gay rhetorics onto these countries in africa and it's just like it it's so scary to think that like people's livelihoods like you know you talk about the idea of it is safe you said in england oh yeah you know um it, it would be if they just kind of said like boris johnson just turned around which probably could it could happen uh, you know what, we're going to take away the LGBT law and, uh, you know, if you've been caught in a, you know, that kind of act, then you'll be killed. It's like, you know, people will be up in arms about it. You know, people would be um, completely like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what are we going to do? You know, whatever. But in reality, like, that's people's realities in African countries, you know, in countries around the world again that are not western but then that's debatable in itself because russia's right there um, um but yeah you know like i just it's it's scary when i think i've just been open to the realities of the state of the world war is what i'm trying to get at and you know kashmir i think it's kashmir i don't know how i say that how you say that properly um but essentially, you know, they still, what, four months? No internet, you know? People can't t- still talk, can't talk to their families. It's it's all just a bit depressing, like, you know, and it's, you know, everything is on fire, but then, again, it goes back to my point of how long has it been on fire for? For pretty much some people's entire livelihoods, lives, you know? It's just maybe we've been too complacent, I don't know. It's just 2000, I... 2019 has just been so eye-opening for me in terms of just the way that structures and white supremacy kind of works you know and how it functions and how it just rebrands itself and how it um essentially is just so a a well-functioning machine per se and it's also kind of made me realise of how much I want to tear it down. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just so oppressive. And that, again, that's the point. That's that's the point of a system. It's supposed to be oppress- it's an oppressive system. Um, you know, capitalism is an oppressive system, you know. And it just affects so many people. And I'm just seeing it just everywhere. Like, I'm seeing it just with all all the things that are around me and it's just like 
Ugh, it's just really sad. Uh, and that being said, um, the second thing that has really gotten on my nerves is uh, just the caucasity of it all. <laughs> oh, the third thing, actually. Wow, I can't count. Right, well, there you go. That's the third thing that's annoying me. Anusha is always tired. <laughs> but, um, no, the... Wow, there are just... You've really taken the cake, Caucasians. <laughs> You've outdone yourself. Wow, look at you. <laughs> have you seen that Michelle Obama meme? <laughs> Girl, you have done it again. Constantly lowering the bar for us all and doing it flawlessly. But, um... Wow. Just wow. I... I can't think of... I can't think of all the things that white people have annoyed me on. Just, just been, like, just, just, the list goes on. But I think the thing that, again, frustrates me, I guess, per se, is, um, I think the thing that frustrates me is the fact that you can call out white people all you want, you know. Even in the last, like, four weeks, you know, there was... Uh, that lady, mother of something, can't remember her name, but who was harassing a black woman and, you know, online, especially like Kalechis, because, you know, like Twitter followers and all that jazz. And it's just like, you know, you sit, you can sit there and harass black women for months, years, whatever, make their lives a living hell, ruin their streams of income, and you can still be employed. You know, like, it's things like that. And it's just, like, the way that white people don't ever see consequences with what they do or see kind of, uh, you know, they don't they don't get the same repercussions that, say, black people get, black people um, or just people of colour in general get in terms of, like, making mistakes and actual mistakes and it's just it's over time and time and time and time again we just see it and I see it and it's just like ooh, ooh, you know and then you know after a while because it's so much in your face it just gets a bit tiring it just gets like you get physically exhausted by just all these conversation points and all these other things and I just I don't know I I, I can't do it I can't do it and I, I, white people, if you could just calm it in 2020, that would be so... I'd be so grateful. Like, you're always going to fuck up. That's great. I understand. Like, I get it. It's fine. Um, But just, you know, just if, if, you, if you're going to fuck up, please just don't fuck up in my direction because I am so sleepy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, yeah, those have been kind of... I think that's been my overall venting session over um this year like government's policies systems have just been very oppressive this year and it's it's so very tiring you know um and then you know I when I was I said I, I said I was gonna this is very much of a freestyle episode but I was kind of thinking like am I just gonna do it about like everything externally or do I want to talk about me personally and I decided that I'm going to, because I'm going to for a second, uh, just trigger warnings, we're going to talk about 
abuse and all that kind of jazz. Um, but yeah, this is uh, it's it. You know, this year has not only been opening and depressing for just the state of the world and stuff like that. It's been a learning curve for my own sort of um, well-being, I guess. Um, and I say, and you know what? I think maybe the past five years have been that, to be quite blunt. Um, but this year especially has been like the last, like, it, it has been a lot. It has been a whole fucking lot um, for many reasons. Um Where do I start? I've lost a lot of friends this year. <laughs> I've lost a lot of friends this year. Um, physically, I've lost a lot of friends. Uh, you know, they're physically not here. Um, I've had friends that have just decided that have just relationship breakdowns. And I am so okay with being alone right now. <laughs> like... I don't know. So where do I start? Alright, so January the 1st. Um, I had a, it was my birthday. Not January 21st was my birthday, but January 1st was like New Year's and I went to visit my best friend, who is still my best friend by the way. Um, and I came back from Leicester and I don't know, just the way I was communicating with people was a bit different to than I did before I guess like in that week I just I don't know just was moving a bit differently myself I was um sound like Yoda but that's beside the point um and then my birthday happened and I don't know I just I think I just came to the realizations that I have no boundaries of anybody uh and boundaries we always talk about boundaries they are important don't get me wrong but I didn't have boundaries of anybody in my life like, because I was never taught how to have boundaries. Um, and I think I've said that on this podcast before. Uh, and, yeah, never had boundaries, never had any sort of... Um, even just a little... Not even, not even a fence. Not even a fence, you know? Not even, like, a, a wide gate. Like, nothing. Um, so that really affected me because... I kind of thought if I could, if I lay myself bare, then I would get that reciprocated, and that wasn't the case. And that it kind of, I felt very unsupported on my birthday, and it just ended up being kind of a horrible experience. Um, yeah, it was really horrible. It wasn't nice. And then February came, and then commenced the breakdown. It it happened. Uh, I I was broken down. I I broke. <laughs> and it was it was probably the worst maybe six it was like six four to six months you know of, of that kind of time period of where I just couldn't leave the house it was horrible um it it just oh it it I think so. I couldn't leave my house couldn't leave my room um I was just crying pretty much I like, would wake up crying would get on with whatever I need to get on with. Uh, I taught one to one in people's houses, so work wasn't a huge issue because it would just be literally going to work and then coming back home, you know. But I also found working hard because I would have to I obviously had to keep up enough money to like eat and things like that. So I had to kind of grind. But when you're not in the mood to grind, it's just like ugh. like it was a struggle. And then obviously it was the last year of uni. 
and I could like I had everything set for my final year project and then when my breakdown happened it was like I can't do anything I can't create I can't physically pick up a pen because it was just you know I was comatose and I think uh I won't say a full name but if Sarah like Sarah could tell you that I was just not well um and then I happened to report my teacher uh for um harassment essentially um if you missed the episode that's episode five uni hashtag uni me too um and yeah no it was a horrible experience because I had no because I said I didn't feel supported whether I was supported or not is beside the point I didn't feel supported and that was due to my own uh like the stuff that I did and stuff that other people did um and so because of that that whole harassment case just felt even worse because people I felt like weren't supporting me um in a way that I kind of felt like I needed to and I did actually ask and I was I think around this time I started learning about boundaries um so I kind of didn't want to overload on people but I think I wasn't telling people enough um about what was going on so they didn't feel like I needed any help even though I was asking for it so that was really shit uh at February going on to April time um and then April happened <laughs> and then May happened and if we were talking about the worst weeks of my life it was those times obviously I had to be around deadlines of course um and in those few weeks of April and May, I I severed time with ties of pre- pretty much everybody from uni, like bar two people. You know, I said I have don't want anything to do with any of you. Was that the right thing to do? Now looking back at it, probably, because I cannot see. I still cannot see a um a relationship with these people from uni. And I think my mental health has been better because of it. Um, I really excelled in that point. And I said, I'm going to find more friends. I already, I'm going to lean on the friends that I know I have. Uh, you know, ask for support and all that jazz. And it's some friendships I just kind of, you know, soft blocked. Or I just said, you know what, let's stop talking. Some friendships blew up the fuck in my face, <laughs> which oof, that that put me down on a damn spiral, um, and yeah, just it was horrible. It was a horrible time, um, but like I said, it happened. It happened, and that's all I can do. Um, and then I guess the best thing happened to me this year as well is that I started exploring parts of myself and because I've had to I had to look inwardly because you know I had this all this turmoil all these things were happening and in the end it was like okay so how do you feel Alicia and I realized that I never I don't do emotions like I don't like I'm sad but I don't show it I'm just moody if you know what I mean if I'm angry I'm just moody if I'm distraught I'm just moody I'm just like I'm not I don't outwardly feel because I physically can't um and I was wondering I was like well why is that the case and then therapy happened and I really started to learn like 
what I like doing, what I don't like doing, the reason why I do things, the reason why I act the way I do, the reason I speak the way I do. Like, this year has been really been uh, pinnacle for me to talk uh, to talk about that. And then, yeah, I started this podcast. And the first episode was a mess. <laughs> I was drunk and I was upset and I just came back from Taming Parlour. And, and there wasn't much... Pl- there was a lot of planning that came into it, but there wasn't a lot of planning in terms of, like... Um, in terms of, like, I'm going to get, you know, people on board, I'm going to have a huge release party. I literally just popped up one day, I was like, hey, I'm a podcaster. Is. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, and this is probably the best thing I've ever done because it's almost like my little blog. Um, it's like, this is my weekly piece of uh, media that you can get each week that I just talk about the things that I like doing and, you know... Uh, you're going to hear it whether you like it or not. Like, there's not much of a a demand for this, per se. It's just it's just my little thing, and it's nice. It's cute. Um, And this is probably the best thing I've done. And summer, you know, was probably the weirdest summer because I met so many, so many new people. So many new people. So many just conversations, so many outings. I met people I didn't think I would actually ever meet, you know. Um, and I really 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 discovered myself this summer i had one of those summers it was nice um you know i got a new job uh which i still love and i still need another job just to you know pay extra bills but i feel like this job is going to be helpful and beneficial and it's going to be nice just to have that you know to have that kind of support it's probably the first bit of stability i've had in years um getting this job so i'm very happy that was all in august and september the september came then everything went to shit again um you know you don't healing is not linear which i keep on saying i think i might write an article about it um healing's not linear and because a close friend of mine passed away um and i'm still in this kind of grieving mode and it again set me back uh which was really horrible because it was around when things were not starting to pop off, but just around when things were starting to kind of feel stable and, like, I physically felt fine. Um, And, yeah, that happened. And it was the one of the worst experiences I've ever had. Uh, yeah, it was just horrible. I, I can't... I, there was no way to describe it. Um... And yeah, I completely retreated. I physically, again, I I was already finding it hard to write music and then I started getting into writing music and then it just went back to, I can't write music again. Uh, or I can't physically, you know, can't get out of bed again and all that jazz. I still have days like that, you know, because, you know, Cora, my friend, was, I, she was just there all the time. Um... You know, if I if I ever needed, she would always like check up and see if see if I was okay, and most of the time I, I'm quite a closed book. But then I started opening up to her, and it was nice to just have a friend like that, and then just all of a sudden to have that go. You know, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, um, that was a horrible time. Uh. I act like it was like years ago. It literally happened like what two two months ago, or three. 
3 September, so October, November, yeah, there you go, I had to count <laughs> my fingers. Um, and yeah, and it's it's been a weird one, and November has been a weird month because I, I literally was functioning with like £5 in my account. How? I don't know, but that was like my spare money. And it's, you know, heard of this podcast, it was, it was mentally, it was affecting me, you know, mentally it was kind of weighing on my head and it was weighing on my mind. But like I said, we move, you know, um, it's December now and I feel, I've said this before, in the, I've said it for the past three or four weeks in this podcast, I'm going to say it again, I feel change is happening I'll see the in a bit. Oh, for fuck's sake. But I do feel like change is happening. I feel like a change is coming. Um, you know, I'm still here by the grace of God. I don't have a clue how. Uh, but I feel like I'm going to get better at just in general. Like, I feel like there's a little upward spiral happening at this moment in time. Um, you know, I've got this extravagant idea that I had for years, I'm actually in the mood, in the process of making it, you know, this kind of, the things that I've set out to do with passion and this podcast, you know, people are starting to know that I do podcasting, which is crazy, and people are starting to know that I have this passion thing, and that's nuts, like, I never thought I'd get to the point where people actually, oh, I need you to do those things, oh, cool, you know, that's, crazy you know i didn't think i'd get to this point and if you told like anusha in 2018 all right so 2019 is going to be a shit year but you're going to do some amazing things i well, actually i might believe you but i i wouldn't believe that i could achieve i could dream so big um so yeah that's kind of where i'm at at the moment and this is that's been 20 2019 in a nutshell it's been a roller coaster of emotions and just a lot of losses, a lot of, um, a lot of hard heartbreaks and hardships and all that jazz. And yeah, I, I think that I'm kind of ready for two thousand nineteen, like um, to be done with. But I'm ready for two thousand twenty to show me something different, and I'm ready to put things into action. I think I'm ready to say, hey, you know, let's actually. Let's do what we need to do. Like I said, I'm not going to kill myself uh, for once. Uh, I hate that. I'm not going to uh, exhaust myself. I'm not going to, you know, burn myself out as much, she says. Um, but I am going to make an effort, uh, an effort to try and get this EP out. Like, I've literally planned all the songs. I just need to write them. I've done the business plans. I've done the financial plans. I've got everything sorted. If, if you want to hear that, you know, like, all you got to do is now you just got to listen, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm ready, for, I'm ready to gain all the things that I've lost this year. Let's put it like that. Yeah, I'm ready to gain all the things that I've lost this year. Um, and in regards to the state of the world, it's still going to be a, a cesspool of shit. Um, but I just hope, and I hope... Um, wish for people that it doesn't because I see all my friends struggling I see all my friends struggling and 
I just hope that people find peace in whatever way they deem seem like they they deem fit. Um, because I can't tell you how to feel better, but I just hope that people don't struggle as much because this year I've just seen so many of my friends struggle and it's just really upset me because I want to help but I can't do anything about it and it's just horrible um so yeah I just that's what I wish for the state of the world it's going to still be shit but I hope you all find peace in whatever way that you can um and yeah that's kind of what I hope for in 2020 god this got depressing (laughs) this got depressing shall I make it I don't even know I'm at like 36 minutes shall I make this lighter I guess Let's give that a go. Let's try. Let's try and think of some stupid things that I want to get rid of in in two thousand and twenty. Yeah. All right. So I had to think. I'm still thinking. Maybe like three things to get rid of in two thousand twenty that are that I'm tired of in two thousand nineteen. Uh, this color is a debate. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I am tired of it because it doesn't seem like the the conversation's progressing about colorism. It's 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 very stagnant. It's just like I'm. I've also realized that we, whenever we talk about colorism, people kind of go, "But light skin people, you know, we 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 go through stuff too." And it, of course you do. You know, people black um black people especially uh who are lighter skinned go through different to have different struggles compared to dark skinned people, but. I'm tired of people not admitting that light-skinned people do have a bit of privilege because they are more adjacent to whiteness than dark-skinned people. That's just point-black period. I would love to move the conversation on about um, how dark-skinned people are not only treated differently in, in like romantic relationships. I've talked about it in a music perspective but also in like a friendship perspective because for example being dark-skinned and loud myself because I'm a very loud person I realized that friendships I navigate friendships differently um and I have a different set of friends and people treat me differently um and I'm not saying just because of my skin color but it's because of all of the anti-blackness that is put on to people who have darker skin per se like you know say if I'm upset or I'm angry or I'm distressed or agitated or whatever you know I notice that people treat me a lot differently than to say if I was lighter skinned and that that's the people that's their anti-blackness showing because you know it's oh you're angry or oh avoid her or whatever or that kind of stuff you know like it's it's really interesting and I think it's a conversation that needs had having it needs to be had. There you go. Um, when it comes to uh, two thousand twenty, I just I'm tired of us just sticking it. Oh, you know, dark skinned people get treated bad. Well done. Well, what about dark skinned? You know, fat people. What about dark skinned? You know, um, disabled people. What about dark skinned queer? People? Like you know, like there's there's levels to this shit. Um, you know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, well, maybe I can talk about it. Who you knows? But yeah, that that has annoyed me. Um, I'm tired of this bomber clap thing on Twitter. 
I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I swear to God, stop bastardizing my Caribbean culture. Actually, you know what? There you go. Found a topic. I swear to God, people that culture appropriate need to actual fucking stop. I am stressed. I am tired. Stop yes queening. Not everything's dirty. Because I swear to God, I swear to God, I will call my ancestors and we will come and fight you we will make sure that you i swear to god I swear, i'm actually getting angry now wow stop it stop it what do caribbean people do to you it's probably what you've done to us stop it i'm tired i i uh, i just i'm tired of it all especially especially white people because you know i no just just, just this wall this is uh, this episode of white people are not gonna like but um <laughs> I'm tired of white people. Everything is like, yes, that beat is dirty. What? No. Who asked you? Nobody, you weren't called for in the conversation. So why is everything dirty? Wagwan. No. Hello will suffice. Caucasians, okay? Hello is right there, you know? Wagwan. Nothing with you. And that's, I, I actually, it does bamboozle me because I do wonder if white people actually know some of, like, I don't know if they actually know what some of these words mean, you know. It's it's quite interesting. And it's, like, also I'm tired of, like, TV shows kind of trying to do that kind of caribbean slang thing because not every not every Caribbean, Caribbean person walks up, walks, up, walks up and goes, wagwan, you know. One love. <laughs> Blood fire. <laughs> it's not everyday conversation. Sometimes we say hello too, you know. <laughs> oh my God. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm tired. I'm stressed. Don't, don't do it. Like, I'm tired. Alright, I'm enough growling into the mic. Um... <laughs> Oh, so yeah, just, just, just little things. Um, bit of a weird one. I'm tired of, like, as you know, this is not music artist's fault. This is not, like, a, this is something just petty. I'm tired of that kind of, do you know, like, when artists, like, when you're on a platform and they have that, that minimalistic kind of, like, live session like colors i've always loved colors is one of my favorite things to watch especially when i'm trying to find you eyes there are so many on there i don't i recommend it enough i can't recommend can't not recommend but ooh, words i recommend it there you go um but so many other platforms are starting to do it now and it's really strange like you couldn't think of anything i can think of loads of other things that you could do on like to showcase new art like this kind of minimalistic thing is a little bit like that's, I mean, I can't really trademark an idea, I guess, but it just seems really over, like, everyone's doing it now, like, Vivo's doing it, some of the smaller platforms are doing it, and I get it, because it's kind of like a format people are familiar with, so why not jump on the bandwagon, that makes total sense, but, uh, I don't know, I just wish people were a little bit more original, and, like, I'm seeing so many people do it, and it's like, yikes, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, another thing I'm tired of. Netflix. Could you stop making these murder documentaries? I love murder documentaries. You know, I had a whole episode of murder documentaries. But can you stop trying to make these kind of... 
documentaries that are that condemn said murderer of course but they don't condemn like society and the police and all the things that kind of you know the that gave the the was the breeding ground for the way that the people that get away with these kind of things if that makes any sense like they're just kind of surface level documentaries and I, I'm a bit tired of them because there was one documentary I, I, I uh, watched and I'm not going to get into it because we could be here all day but it's cut long story short uh, this guy in America uh, it turns out that he was found to be Yvonne the Brutal? The Great? The, something. He's like, he was like one of the people in the gas chambers um, in... World War Two. I had to rethink about that, <laughs> but um, and it, it it was believed to be him. He got extradited from America, went to Israel. He was on trial, got found guilty the first time round, not guilty the second time round. Uh, shenanigans in, uh, ensued, and I'm not making light of it when I say shenanigans. I'm saying that so much happened. I cannot get into it right now, but go watch it. It's called The Killer Next Door or something like that. But I think the thing that I found really interesting about the whole documentary, it was only at the end of the documentary that they actually realised, oh, my God, this happened to a lot of uh, of the gas chamber guards. So, you know, a lot of them actually came to live in America and led normal lives. Well done. Like, I don't know. It was, like, it was an afterthought of, like, nobody like the it was almost like they were trying to alleviate the responsibility of america and how they played a part in people you know these horrible horrible people not getting um not facing consequences for x y and z you know like and i find that with a lot of netflix documentaries they kind of just take the easy way out with a lot of things and they're making so many... Because obviously, you know, the the lighter streaming services. They're making so many of them. They're making so many... I've just saw, saw another one, which was talking about uh, how the police uh, believe this guy to do all these murders. But by the... I haven't watched it yet, but by the sounds of it, they might have got the wrong guy or they thought it was him and used him as a scapegoat and realised they actually knew the real killer or whatever. But I'm like... How many documentaries documentaries do we need to make to realise that we need to get rid of the police <laughs> we need to just like how many documentaries do we need to make to realise that the police off, more often than not don't do a great job in these kind of situations like and the state and all of the above do you know what I mean Like, how many times do we need to kind of keep on saying it how many more documentaries need to be made you know, I just don't get that. Makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, but you know, like I said, we move. But it, I don't know. I just feel, I find it a little bit just like a moot point uh, to that all these documentaries keep on being made uh, about you know stuff. But whatever. Um, I'm talking about films, these remakes. Do you know what? I'm not even uh, against remakes with films. I'm not against people remaking The Lion King, remaking Mulan, remaking whatever. 
But my thing about remakes is that if you're going to remake it, they may, may as well be called redos because these remakes, it's supposed to be, yes, you're, re- you're remaking um, this film or whatever, but you still have the foundations, but you, you could do something different with it. Like The Little Mermaid, the one with, um, is it Hallie? Halle Bailey, yeah, I think it's Halle. Um, I think it's right with is it Clarice or Halle? It's Halle. Um, like, I'm excited for it, but I hope that they remake it, as in, you know, you have a black girl and she's going to be, um, you know, doing Ariel. That's pretty cool. Maybe let's go into the things of that. Maybe you could go into how the mermaids law because mermaids weren't always good you could maybe play on you know i'm giving you ideas fam you know you could do um you know like how i don't know there are just so many things you could do with this film with so many films it's kind of what annoyed me about the lion king remake it was just a re- it was just different voices you know cgi animals are just the same script like no like why don't you completely twist i like what they did with scar ish but, you know, because they basically made him more sinister if you haven't seen it, like, uh, Be Prepared is almost like, sad, like a David Bowie production. It was just scary. Um, uh, and I don't know, why not do more things with that? You know? Why not do, like, yeah, let's, let's do um, something a bit more sinister, you know? But I don't know, it just, it just seems like it's, because it's, obviously it's a money grab. But I don't. I feel like this. There could be some creativity be inputted into this, and it would also mean that new writers, new artists, whatever, could do something different and actually have a chance to showcase their work and stuff, and not be just kind of left in the dust once they've been used. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just really. That's what I hope for twenty twenty. Just there's a bit more original. If you want to make do these remakes, cool. But just hope there's a bit more originality. Um, in terms of remakes, um, yeah, I don't know what film, I'm excited for the Mulan film though, let me get that straight, I'm very excited for the Mulan film, um, because that actually does look a little bit different, like, case in point, they got rid of the majority of characters from the cartoon, which some of them were quite offensive, so yeah, and they kind of, are, it's censoring Mulan, and I'm kind of happy about that, um, but yeah, and last point, because I do need to go, I need to have a shower, I feel stinky, um, is I would like, I would love it actually, if supermarkets could actually have produce on the shelves. Because I'm very tired of going to the supermarket and there just being nothing there, you know? Like, I would like it to just, I would actually like to have bread, you know? I'd actually like to have, you know, eggs, a decent amount of eggs, you know. I, I, I don't want to just get, like, it seems, it might be just where I live, because I live in North London, but it just seems like every shop that I go to, bar a few, there is just always, there's always they've always run out of certain. Maybe this is Brexit, who knows. I'm not personally blaming in supermarkets, but I just wish that I could just get what I need when I go there, you know, because every time it's just either we don't have it, or we're not in stock, or, you know, it's at the other side of the shop, or it's just in a different shop, and I'm like, I live where there are, like, three Sainsbury's and, like, five minutes from each other, and you're telling me that none of you have this, 
it is tiring. I am tired. I'm upset. And this is also what I get from being a vegetarian. Because these vegetarian things that they have, ugh. Like, they, you know, they run out, always run out of um, the type of vegetarian, like, burgers and nuggets that I want. But they'll always have these, like, shitty minces and the burgers with, like, the weird peas in them and stuff. And I don't know. Just give me my corn burgers and leave me alone. So, yeah, that's... Anyway, 50 minutes later, I did toilet, I did my bed, I'm meeting my land later, and I'm not moved for that at all, um, and yes, um, I want to see how many weeks do we have till the end of the year, because obviously there's going to be a certain uh, time in the year where I'm going to be at home, so, you know, there's, there's that, but I'm going to see, I'm going to see what goes on in terms of my calendar so we've got that one one two three so we've got one two three so we have three more episodes left before we get back into the swing of things so yeah so yeah right well anyway Gotta love you and leave you. I hope you have a good week. I hope you have an amazing week, actually. Um, look after yourselves. This election is going to be a mental one. Therefore, um, you know, it, it's try and take time off social media. If you want to take time off social media, that's, you know, don't ever judge yourself for that, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I hope you're good. I hope you all are well. You know, don't be mean to each other, all that jazz. And don't kill people because that's bad. Anyway, see you later. Bye. <laughs>